Listen, we're back. You didn't think we were going to be, but guess what? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry for your loss. No. <laughs> so sorry for here your game. So sorry uh, for being here. I'm just really sorry for all of it. I, I apologize for uh, what you're about to listen to. I don't. I'm prepared. She's, pre- oh, she's coming through today. Oh, okay. She's got notes. Got notes and everything. Okay, got yes. notes. Absolutely. I, I have no clue what we're talking about today, but I'm so glad that we are here and that you are here listening to us uh, ramble on about all the stupid, spooky shit that we love. And we love you for it. We love you. You're... you're- a portion of the spooky shit that we love. Mm-hmm. And if you're new to this podcast, well, fuck. It's, it's a, a tough lot. time to join. You You've know, maybe, got a lot to go maybe give it a month or two and then come back and check us listen, out then. Listen, you know, listen. it's a, it's a, this is the time for the, for the hardcore stance, you know? Listen to us when we were fresh. <laughs> listen and to young. us when we were young and beautiful. <laughs> um, I feel like we're that Lana Del Rey song. Yes. Will you still love me? Yeah. Through our mental crisis. She, she really, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, she released a new album, by the way. I haven't listened to it because, you know, a lot. It all I sounds just, the same to me. It just doesn't seem like we should pour a lot of Lana on on my life In right this now. this recipe of, yeah. no, no. I don't I think, think we should. I have actually abstained. I, it hasn't been a conscious thing, but I think subconsciously I have abstained from Lana's new album because I feel like it will be kerosene on a fucking fire of, <laughs> of yeah, mental that, illness. Uh, that's a sauce we don't need uh, for this crock of shit here. So <laughs> put it back in the cabinet. It's true. Um, but I'll tell you a sauce that we do we do love. And that's our Big Patri- Mac sauce. <laughs> Big Mac sauce. Yes. Um, but our Patreon sauce. It's true. <laughs> Patreon sauce. Ugh. That yes. sounds like we over here milking people. Well. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but we have several uh, new Patreon supporters. We do. Show. We oh my do. god. We have a couple new family members. We got floral like, candles over here. What Bro, happens? I was digging in my closet to find some. We done had to because you know we do the show by candlelight so we have to light some candles at least to be able to know where the fucking on button is for the soundboard. <laughs> so I was digging around trying to, to get the regular lighting candles plus four other candles. You guys are keeping us warm this winter. Oh, yes, they are. We love it, though. My little cold toes appreciate it, Patreon. So do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I can go we'll first. Go first. Do you want me to go first with uh, my two and then you do two? Sure. Or do you want to alternate? How would you like oh to do that? Oh, my God. Today, this is a conversation madam. that should have happened off mic. Oh, well. You can do two. I was thinking we would go back and forth, but I feel like that's more predictable. So let's see you do two. I'll do two. Yeah. All right. Well. It's fascinating running a podcast. <laughs> it really is. Uh, riveting content here. No. Uh, but I would like to thank our first of our uh, invocations tonight. <laughs> It's like our first what, hey girl? <laughs> <laughs> of our invocations this evening. Got it. Um, that would be Brandy H, who is a member of our cannibal cults. You know how they love them. Some cannibal cult, girl. 
All right. And our next one goes to Christopher W., who is, yet again, another fucking cannibal cult. We love the cannibal cult. I'm telling y'all, y'all like to eat, don't they you? They hungry. God it's not looking it. good, Chris. There you go. <laughs> Just kidding, baby. Your candle's the brightest of them all. All right. Okay, my turn, you harlots. So I have our newest Haunted Heart Harem member, Adam W. Little ASMR moment for you. Adam's bringing it to you. You know they love that. And last but certainly not least, we have Jennifer Woods, who first joined our Haunted Heart Harem, but now has graduated to a Stay Spooky Squad member. Stay Spooky. Ooh, Jenny got a good, got a good strike. Jenny, girl, your candle lit up. She is fiery. Thank you so much for supporting the show, guys. You have no idea what this means to us. Um, We say it over and over again, but we can't just fucking stop saying it. Um, We wouldn't be able to do this without you and without your support. And we are here to deliver you all sorts of extra fucking content on that Patreon feed. And if you would like your name uh, invoked on the show and a candle lit for you, just for you, then you can check out our Patreon. Uh, and we've got a bunch of different tiers on there, different levels that, uh, we, you know, we've got something for everybody. We've got cannibals. We've got Stay Spooky Squad members. We've got harem uh that we do. And Patreon members, keep your eyes tuned to the feed. Well, you guys have already gotten a little bit of something extra bonus content. We release actually a full length bonus episode for Patreon every month. And this month, we decided to open it up. It's usually Cannibal Cult members and above, but we decided to open it up to all of our Patreon members just so everybody could kind of enjoy it and get get a taste for what the RIP lounge episodes are so um if that's something that you're interested in definitely go check it out uh I also mentioned on the Patreon but I wanted to mention on the show that I'm going to be doing a sort of mindfulness mindfulness and mental health sort of side thing on that's just on the Patreon so if that's a topic that you're particularly interested in you might want to check that out um just because you know, I'll be opening up a little bit more on there. So if you've always wondered what in the fuck's going on with this bitch, well, honey, I can't answer your question, but we sure can poke around it for a while. <laughs> so check us out. We're patreon.com slash the haunted heart. And uh, yeah, we'll be glad to see you there. Bay. 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 Boo. 
Leave us a little coin on the dresser if you think we're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. that coin, girl. All right. So is that housekeeping? Have we house kept? Yeah, is the, the house kept? Part, the house is, is, she's tidy. She's tidy? Yeah, she's tidy. As, as my, uh... As my girl would say, have we swept the floors, cleaned the kids? <laughs> Clean the kids. Have you heard that? No. It's my sponge girl from RuPaul. No. Yeah, that's, um, fuck, her name just dropped out of my head. All I can think of is Monique Hart, but it's not Monique. Who, who was my sponge dress queen? Hang on. This is a question that needs answering. This is a question that I should Oh, it know. was Monet Exchange. Monet Exchange. Wow. wow. You just you I, just fucking embarrassed yourself in I, front of like all of our LGBTQ plus listeners. Listen, I should have known that. And there's a lot of them. I, I don't know why I didn't know that. You've just fucking I should, choked. I should have spouted that out. What is wrong? I think Typically you have, I would have spouted that out. Yeah. I think I you have to go have sex with a woman now. Oh, uh, <laughs> No. No. No, that was Monet Exchange. That was our girl. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, she's got a really good song about her sponge dress that she wore and everybody made fun of her. Yeah, she said, sweep I, the house. I, 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 I've listened to no, it. Yeah, what did she say? She said, mop the floor, clean the house, mop the floor. Uh, no, she said, clean the house. No, sweep the house, mop the floor, clean the kids. Amazing. That was a long way to go for that, but I'm glad that we went there. Okay. I hope you feel embarrassed. (laughs) Bitch, I'm the editor. I can just cut that little moment out. I know you were thinking about it. I saw your edit face flash up, but you better not cut that out. I'm going to listen to this damn episode when it airs, and I promise you, if you cut it out, I will find a way to embarrass you worse. (laughs) We can talk about your... um, We can talk about your, your MySpace profile images from high school. We can talk will, about that. I will fucking murder you. We can you. talk about when you had a no, buzz cut. No, no, <laughs> no, no. What we're going to talk about is whatever the fuck it is that you have prepared. We're not going to talk about my high school fucking MySpace fucking really, really bad. But at the time was probably pretty fire. I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm not sure about it. We're not talking about that. No. Nope. Jury's out. Honey. Uh, don't even. You're the fucking one to talk, okay? You're the one to talk, ma'am. We All should right. put an album together of like our old like shitty photos and like put it on the Facebook group or something. That would be amazing. Okay. I right. think we did that. Didn't somebody make a post once that was like cringe emo, like early 2000s? And like, I, I we don't all know were if they posting did, pictures fucking, of ourselves. We, we can start it. Yeah, we should do that. All right, I'll I'll do that. I'll take that hit for you guys. <laughs> Kenny, I will take that hit for you guys, and I will make Kenny take that hit. Uh, bitch, Actually, I'll take it. I'll Whatever. Pilfer. I'll pilfer your photos. You don't have the passcode to my photo bucket, okay? <laughs> I can hack it. <laughs> what was the other one? Oh, Flickr? Yeah. I never did Flickr. I, I, I think <laughs> I was on photo bucket, and I was going hard on some deviant art. Oh, I did DeviantArt for a minute when I called myself like, oh, I'm just I'm on DeviantArt, you know, no big deal. Yeah, it was just a lot. Artist. It was a lot. Yeah. I don't, I wonder if my DeviantArt is still active. Anyway, that's a question that no one should ask themselves ever. <laughs> Are we ready to get into the episode? I mean, finally, they're like, shit, we've been doing, listening to this for almost 14 minutes now and I haven't heard a 
goddamn thing. They're like, damn, they've been gone for two weeks and they haven't figured out how to write a fucking intro that's not 15 minutes long. Anyway. Shit. All right, let's get into it. I swear by Apollo Physician, by Asclepius, by Hegea, by Panacea, and by all the gods and goddesses making them my witnesses, that I will carry out according to my ability and judgment this oath and this indenture. I will use treatment to help the sick according to my ability and judgment, but never with a view to bring injury and wrongdoing. Into whatsoever houses I enter, I will enter to help the sick, and I will abstain from all intentional wrongdoing and harm, especially from abusing the bodies of man or woman, bond or free, and whatsoever I shall see or hear in the course of my profession as well as outside my profession and my intercourse with men. If it be what should not be published abroad, I will never divulge, holding such things to be holy secrets. Now if I carry out this oath and break it not, may I gain forever reputation among all men for my life and my art. But if I break it and forswear myself, May the opposite befall me. All right, guys. Well, it's a Katie episode today. Oh, God. Everyone just hangs their head. They're like... Everyone just quietly closes their podcast app. (laughs) They pull their earbuds out and they're just like, I'm just going to go back to my work now. Uh, no, we had some people who were missing their true crime, and it's been a minute since we covered a case, so we are covering a case today, babies. Mm, we love a case. Mm-hmm. Love it's a, a case. Katie case, but it's a true crime case. It's not a. It, we're not going to get into the into the metaphysical, into the what is reality realm today. Don't worry, <laughs> I'm cooking on that for you. I'm coming at you with that soon. But it's not today. (laughs) Today, we're talking about science, in fact. Ooh. Today, we are talking about medicine. I'm already bored. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) Katie goes to med school. Oh, God. It's like Elle Woods, but not law and and brunette. And a lot more goth. And Yeah. A lot more goth. Oh, man. I think I would actually have a lot of fun uh, with a bunch of future doctors. Like, I feel like I feel like I'm the gal you you want at that party. You know what I mean? I love nerds. It's great. It's and it's going to work out. Hang on. I have to take a sip of my drink. Well, I mean, as long as they're like good Mm. doctors, because a lot of, you know, you can get some real tools. In the oh. medical profession. Yes, you can. In <laughs> fact, in fact, we did a dark. We did a sorry. We did a doctors who kill episode, didn't we? Uh no, we did an old. Oh, we did a mercy killers. We did mercy killers, and then we've done um, old timey like doctor, prof, you know, practices. Oh yeah, ghosts in your blood. You know, yeah, you do cocaine about it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, good. Uh, yeah, okay. So, but we haven't done a doctor's who kill episode. 
No, we have not. Okay. Well, it's not this episode. Okay. Great. Because <laughs> as far as I know, nobody dies in this episode. However, <laughs> that's not a reason to stop listening and put on my favorite murder. Listen in. <laughs> Nothing dies except for my faith in this show. Uh, this, well, potentially my faith in um, <laughs> treatment. No, no, no. <laughs> Let me just lay some ground rules, okay? One, science is good. We like science. We like medicine. We like all the things that's given to us, okay? Vaccinate your children. Take care of yourself, okay? Witchcraft does not replace science, okay? Just do your witchcraft and also... Support science, okay? Rule number one. Rule number two, doctors are good people by and large, okay? Even <laughs> though there might be some bad eggs. And even though we might like to focus on those bad eggs because they're really interesting, trust your doctor. Don't, don't like swear them off, okay? Those are my ground rules for today. Okay. Okay? All right. All right. Katie has spoken. So we are going to talk about a man named Cecil Jacobson. All right. What a name, first of all. Also, uh, just fair warning, I have no clue what we're talking about. Well, I mean, I know that we're talking about Cecil. Cecil Jacobson. <laughs> See, Cecil you have the first now. clue. Uh, that's my first clue. But other than that, this was a Katie episode, like she said. I have no fucking clue uh, what to do. I'm just here to deliver me your role is to be the voice of the listener oh okay who's hearing the story all right listeners i am your voice <laughs> shut the fuck up Get to the show. <laughs> oh man i also love how last episode we talked about like receiving the note that i talk over you so then this episode we just we just gave me all the lines no it's good <laughs> just kidding we don't write lines <laughs> Come on. No, we don't. So, have you ever heard of Cecil Jacobson? Know well, anything about him? Know his mama? Know his sister? Know where he went to school? No, no, I can't I can't say that I know any Jacobsons. All right. I yeah, it's not a common him. name where we're from. No, Jacobsons. Jacobson. Yeah. Nope, don't know him. Got it. Okay. Well, he was born. He He's a little... <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wow. Great fact. He is a little older than you. Uh, he was born October 2nd of 1936. Oh, just a little. And he's a little west of us, too. He was born in Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay. Salt Lake. So no, nothing about it. <laughs> so very little is actually known about his... Um, this, is a, this is a lesser... Well, I don't want to say it's a lesser known case, because it's actually very well known. But few people know the specifics, and few people have like really delved into the specifics of this case. Um, Are you going to do that today? So there's not, well, no, here's my, I'm going to do some of it. Yeah. So there's not really a whole lot. Usually we do the whole thing of like, okay, this guy was born and then he had these childhood experiences and this is what his parents were like, but there's not a lot of that with Cecil Jacobson. Really what we know about him is that he was Born October 1936 in Salt Lake City, Utah, and he graduated from Brown University and became a researcher at George Washington University. That's sort of where our story picks up. So there's a big chunk of space from 1936 to like 1960 that we really don't know a whole lot about. Okay. Which I would be I interested in knowing more about. Yeah. But unfortunately, the research doesn't exist. 
So uh, what we do know is that somehow Jacobson ended up as a researcher at George Washington University, and he had no specialist training in infertility medicine prior to that appointment. So he's working at George Washington University in the fertility sort of unit, um, but he had no background, no specialist training in that. Okay. Yeah. So when you go to medical school, I don't know how much folks know about medical school, but when you go to medical school, you study your fucking ass off and then you do rotations. Part of um, basically the last two years, I think, of medical school is doing rotations. Suddenly I'm remembering everyone who's listens to this podcast who has some sort of connection to the medical profession and like would know exactly what you fucking do in med, med school. And I'm kind of like self-conscious now. <laughs> self-conscious Sally. Uh, but basically as part of medical school, you work a rotation. You do it in nursing school too of every different unit. So you work labor and delivery, delivering babies. You work... Um, the ER, you work the intensive care unit, and they do that so that their uh, doctors and nurses that they're producing um, have sort of a frame of reference for different types of medicine and so that they can figure out what it is that they want to do. Um, do they want to be a family care, a family practice physician, or mm-hmm. do they want to be in the ER? What their passion is. Yeah, very different personalities for those two types of medicine. Um, but that's basically all he had when he came out of med school. So by the 1960s, he had achieved the title of chief of the reproductive genetics unit at George Washington University Medical School. So in the mid sixties, uh, he, one of his big like calls to fame is that he had achieved a successful male ectopic pregnancy in a baboon. A what? A male ectopic pregnancy? Yeah. Okay. I don't know what that is. So basically it meant that he had impregnated a male baboon. Oh, okay. Sorry, Rafiki girl. Oh. I think this was before, like, cruelty-free moments. That he was like, what the fuck? What yeah. He was like, what? Simba got the put hell? inside him. <laughs> Yeah, it was not good. Oh, no. Okay. I mean, I think it was a baboon baby, but it was like, but yeah. Um, supposedly, he had planted a fertilized egg from a female baboon into the male's abdominal cavity. And he claimed that he had terminated the pregnancy himself after four months. He just decided we should just wrap it up here. Um, I don't, I don't. Listen, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> By no means. Um, but I don't know that you could just inject an egg into the stomach of something and, like, expect it to just work. Well, interesting that you should mention that because I anticipated that question and had the same question, in fact, myself when I was researching. Um, so I looked into the topic of male ectopic pregnancy And the medical community seems to be of the mindset that while it might, in theory, be possible, because you could implant the egg into potentially like the wall of the digestive tract and then like connect it somehow to a major organ um, in order to like feed the fetus. They all seem to believe that it would be far too dangerous to ever be medically ethical (laughs) in any way. Right, right. 
And since a male ectopic pregnancy has never been carried to term as far as I could find, I find it highly suspicious that Jacobson wouldn't have been like shouting it from the rooftops if he'd actually successfully done it. Like he didn't even publish his results in any kind of scientific publication. He said, I didn't know that that thing died. It it shriveled and died. And he He fucking turned inside out. He he was like, well, I, I, I I terminated that. Yeah, I, I did that. I mean, basically that's what happened. So I don't even know if the, like, I don't know if, if that storyline is even real, like I'm sure he was experimenting with baboons because that just seems like way like off left field to just randomly make up a story about a baboon when you don't even do that. Um, but I think that it's possible there was no pregnancy. I think it's possible that the, the animal died. Um, I What I don't think, the, the last thing that would be on my list of things that I think are possible would be that he actually did this and then he actually successfully um brought about a male ectopic pregnancy in a baboon and then just like never never fucking thought to write the medical journals (laughs) i'll get around to writing that it's fine the fuck Uh, procrastination i mean you're look like you're over here listening to i almost said you're looking (laughs) are you looking at us if you are hello worried about it worried about it if you are go ahead and let me know um in a non-confrontational way who you are (laughs) i need to know why you can see up in here uh no you're listening to two of the biggest procrastinators like that there has ever been i don't know what you're talking about and girl even we wouldn't procrastinate that no bitch i'm trying to get that clout like Mm -hmm. hello bitch i just i i did a uh, um an ectoplasm pregnancy ectoplasm That's what you said, right? Yeah, sure. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh You sound really smart. (laughs) (laughs) Nevertheless, though, Jacobson did have one important semi-legitimate contribution to infertility medicine during his time at GW. Uh, He was given credit in the 1970s for introducing American patients to amniocentesis. Amniocentesis is a test now... (laughs) Wait, wait. I took one semester of of medical terminology. terminology. Oh my God, throwing it way back. Uh, When I called myself going to school for surgical technology. Um, So, you know, oh, I guess you, I might know a thing or two about uh, rotational programs. The hair flip is real, girl. (laughs) You better watch that neck. You didn't stretch before this recording. Amnio... You said amnio. What, what was the word again? Amniocentesis. Amnio. Knock yourself out. I don't out. know nothing about it. <laughs> I'm going to say it's something like an amniotic sac. I mean, Esis yeah, it involves is that. a process of something to do with the amniotic fluid inflammation. I think you're just throwing words out. Like, I think you're just. But no, you're, itis means inflammation. Yes. I, girl, I don't know. Something to do with that amniotic sac. Yes, it does have to do with the amniotic sac. So it's a widely, amniocentesis is a test that is now widely used to detect birth defects. Basically, the way that it works, it only detects some, obviously. Um, but it's actually fairly common practice for high-risk pregnancies. Basically, they um, use this hollow needle 
and they insert it into the uterus and draw out some of the amniotic fluid and then they test that fluid to screen for developmental abnormalities in the fetus um so Jacobson is credited with introducing this test to American patients, but my research on amniocentesis, because I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, My research revealed that Robert Lyle Gadd is widely credited with having actually developed the technique in London sometime between 1959 and 1967. Okay. And then supposedly Jacobson is given credit for introducing it to American patients in the 1970s. So, I mean, I know we're, I know Europe is fabulous. They're so far ahead of the times, but like, I don't know that we're that far behind, like medically, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. there seems, that seems like a big gap to me. Um, but that's just me. I, I can't find anything that connects Jacobson to amniocentesis other than the court testimony that's referenced in media coverage of his trial. Okay. So basically the, um, like there are documents who talk that talk about him, the court testimony that was given, giving him credit for introducing amniocentesis to American patients. But like, there's nothing I can find online. There's no journal articles. There's, there's absolutely well, nothing he didn't to suggest. Write any. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, like other people about? would be writing about amniocentesis if it was a new, exciting thing that we just brought over from Europe. And it's like, I just find it very odd that his name doesn't, his name is nowhere connected to that test at all. So I'm like, did that really happen? Or is that something that somebody believed and then gave testimony on it just because, like, you know, that was their viewpoint of him? Mm. You know? I feel like it is suspicious. Suspicious. Yes. But moving on. After his time at George Washington University Fertility Center uh, or Studies Research Lab, In the 1980s, Jacobson opened his own reproductive genetics center in Vienna, Virginia. Oh, shit. For those of you who don't know, we are in the Northern Virginia, D.C., Maryland metropolitan area. Vienna, Virginia is not that far away. That's what you want to call it. Hell. We're in hell. (laughs) Vienna is not that far away. Uh, It's a very quick drive. There's a fabulous cafe there called Cafe Amore. You should check it out. So that's where Jacobson was. And I actually didn't know that when I started researching this case. Okay. Because my grandma gave me the idea for this case. Girl, I have to credit her. (laughs) But I have to stick it in the middle. Because she would be (laughs) mad at me for mentioning her name on this show. Uh, But I didn't mention her name. I just said grandma. (laughs) There you go. Janice. Oh. Anyway, um, yeah, she actually gave me the idea for this, and then I started researching it, and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, she told me about this, and I was like, damn, Grandma, this ain't real. And uh, turns out it is. But I found out it was in Vienna, and I was like, damn. Anyway, so he... Um, damn, Vienna! I was like, fuck, all right, this, this case is right here, hometown haunt. So... At his reproductive genetics center in Vienna, Virginia, Jacobson specialized in treating women who had difficulty getting pregnant or had problems carrying a pregnancy to term. This was kind of like the early uh, fertility clinic that we would go to today. Hmm. One form of treatment that he had was to inject patients before and after conception with the hormone 
human cryonic gonadotropin. Oh, I heard. I know gonad. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. Okay. They call it HCG in the medical community. Is that a drug? <laughs> no. We're dropping HCG, no. HCG, girl. We gonna grow these fetuses big. Oh. No. No, so uh, HCG um, is actually commonly used as a uh, fertility medication. It's even still used now. Um, And it's a hormone that our bodies actually naturally release. I say our bodies like... (laughs) It's a hormone that my body uh, would naturally release during a pregnancy. Mm, So um, they just give you... I, I don't... Look, I'm not a fucking fertility doctor. I don't know for sure, but I think that by giving you the HCG and like boosting your levels of that, somehow it helps you get yeah, it makes a baby. Up. I don't know. <laughs> don't come to our fertility <laughs> clinic. Let me tell you that much right now. So some patients who uh, were unable to conceive with other treatments reported success under Jacobson's care. So he did apparently have some successes. And indeed, he had a really positive reputation in the medical community. He treated over 7,000 women in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia metro area. And many women say that they were actually referred to Jacobson by their own doctors who had described him as the best in his field. Was he fucking these women? Just sit tight. I just want to know. Just sit tight. <laughs> the best. In his field. Uh-huh. I bet. Here's the thing. No, no I'm not going to get... I have to stick to the story. Okay. We'll discuss it in the discussion portion of the evening. So, some patients reported success, but with other patients, there seemed to be a sort of system or cycle at work in Jacobson's practice. The pregnancies progressed normally through the early stages. Standard pregnancy tests were positive and patients' bodies started to undergo the normal changes. Belly got big. Um, Different other changes were made. There were, you know, the miracle of life. (laughs) The tragedy of life. (laughs) Jacobson performed ultrasounds uh, in which he identified a fetus in the image. So he was actually showing these women their little fetus around the third month though jacobson would report that the fetus had suddenly died and in fact these women were never actually pregnant and the bodily changes that they were experiences were that they were experiencing was a reaction to the hcg because it's a side effect because your body thinks you're pregnant because suddenly you have higher levels of this hormone that is released during pregnancy so your body makes the according changes. Mm-hmm. The pregnancy tests were invariably false positives because the tests determined pregnancy by the presence of HCG. Got it, got it. Which he was giving them through injections. During Jacobson's trial, experts examined the ultrasound photographs and reported that the supposed fetuses were actually just nearby organs or or poop. 
Damn, this is your child. Uh, that really looks like my large intestine. Uh, no. It's me. It's no. me. If I ever uh, have a child, no. I'll be like, are you sure it's not just a deuce? Are you really sure? You just got to be it so sure. It really man. looks like a Big Mac, man. I mean, are you sure that's not 20 nugs in there? Are you sure it's not? I feel like it might be. Look around. See if you see any honey mustard. <laughs> just just take a gander. Because if I'm going to give up wine for nine months, it needs to be a real serious kind of thing. Yeah. That's crazy. So he was giving these women this, this TC... No, T- he was not giving them THC. He was giving them HCG. HCG. He was giving these women a hormone pregnancy. Pregnancy yes. hormone. My, <laughs> I just can't medical term. And then they would uh, experience these um, symptoms. So their bellies would grow bigger. Yeah, their bodies would ch- sort of change shapes because the the it's actually really interesting. And maybe we'll do an episode on it one day. Um, we can't get into it super deep today, but there's, there's lots of women who believe, oh, I forget the term for it. Um, there's lots of women who are not pregnant, who believe that they are pregnant and simply by virtue Mm -hmm. of their like belief and their brain, like their thoughts in their brain, they actually can physically change like the shape of their bodies and they start putting more weight on in their middle and they st- they look pregnant but they're not yeah i've seen those uh where people would be or women would be like uh oh i'm pregnant i've been pregnant for like three years or yeah something like yeah that. yeah, yeah. Like, girl it's, it's something it's not called extended pregnancy it's like it's something uh there's some term for it but it's really fascinating because they're clearly not pregnant and yet they look like they totally could be and it's not like they're wearing anything like their 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 bodies are just like shaped that way and they and they weren't before and it's it's crazy to me but it's all a hormonal thing right our bodies are really responsive to to all of that so yeah. but in 1989 suspicious formal former patients tipped off a local television station which investigated and reported on the false pregnancies Jacobson was sued by numerous patients, of course, and federal prosecutors charged him with perjury and mail and wire fraud. We'll come back to that in a few minutes. The investigation opens in 1989, obviously takes a couple years, as these things do, to get rolling. Uh, And during the course of that investigation, another darker kind of fraud came to light. For a variety of reasons, some patients had arranged to be artificially inseminated with sperm provided by screened anonymous donors arranged by Jacobson. Uh, so, of course, in order to preserve the an- anonymity of the donors, Jacobson explained, he identified them in records using only code numbers and only Jacobson was to know the true identities. Of course, because anonymity is is really important in these types of things. But um, one problem, investigators found absolutely no evidence that any donor program actually existed. I knew that motherfucker was up to some skeezy shit. Some of Jacobson's patients who had actually conceived through the donor insemination process agreed to genetic testing as part of the investigation. 
and at least seven confirmed instances were identified in which Jacobson was the biological father of the patient's children, including one patient who was supposed to have been inseminated with sperm provided by her husband. (gasps) DNA tests linked Jacobson to at least 15 such children, and it is suspected that he fathered as many as 75 children by impregnating patients with his own sperm. What the fuck? I told you. I knew some skeezy shit was going on. I knew it. I absolutely knew it. No ma'am. No ma'am. No Pam. No ham. No. Um, he literally just took that man, that, that woman's husband's spunk, said, <laughs> tossed it over his shoulder, and then came in a fucking cup and then put it in some other woman. You... Something wrong with you. Yeah, I mean, for fucking absolutely sure. Look, I don't want to. I don't want to say that it's because he came from Salt Lake City. I don't want to insult the entire Mormon religion. But I'm gonna be honest with you, girl. I ain't checked our metrics, but I don't think we got a whole lot of Mormons up in this podcast fan group. <laughs> like, girl, wow. look, look up, look up. The Mormon like version of heaven. Look it up sometime when you just you know want to do a little light reading. Um, I'll give you a crash course. Uh, one, the women basically we do we just birth children for all of eternity. Each of the men are given a planet, and like their wife goes with them to that planet, and the man's job is to impregnate the wife, and the wife just keeps having children to to populate that planet and that is Mormon heaven I don't understand why there are any female Mormons no I'm kidding (laughs) if you're Mormon I'm just joking this is a comedy podcast I'm sure religion is beautiful live and let live babe but also maybe invest in kegel balls Uh. anywho Um, yes mm. creepy disgusting icky oh I was like I'm really glad that my gynecologist like annual is always in February because I need some time to recover <laughs> from this. Oh God. Did he ever give like a reason as to why or like what? No. I mean, he was helping them get pregnant. That was his basic. We'll get into his defense in a little bit, but yeah. Um, also interesting tidbit at the time of his trial in 1992, Jacobson was a 55-year-old husband and father of eight children by his own wife. Fuck. Eight. Again, I think this motherfucker was more. No. Eight? That's like 15, eight. That's a lot of kids. Right? That's a lot of kids. I feel like there is some credence to the whole, he maybe he was Mormon theory. I want to say that I found that corroborated absolutely nowhere on the internet. It is pure speculation. Uh, and not every Mormon is running around getting women unwillingly pregnant with their own sperm. So uh-huh. he doesn't necessarily reflect on his community. I'm just saying. Ooh. So Jacobson vigorously denied wrongdoing. He offered these explanations. Um, he said that with regard to the false pregnancy cases, he believed that some women had actually been pregnant and continued to maintain that some of them really were pregnant, even in cases where it was very clear with an objective examination of the evidence that the woman was never pregnant. Um, 
He was well aware that injected HCG could trigger a false positive on a pregnancy test, but he said that he thought that the doses that he administered were much too low to have that effect. In reality, they were like way higher than what you would normally get. He was like, no, it was much too low. And they're like, uh, sir. <laughs> no. Yeah. And he said that if he misread the ultrasound results, that was an honest error. I'll give you one. I'll give yeah. you one. Yeah. One honest error. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one. Because sometimes when I look at those things and they're like, eh, you know, when people post the pictures oh of the little babies. Every fucking time. And then they're like, oh my God, look, it's little baby, you know, yeah. baby Stewart. And I'm like, see. and you can see his little feet and his little head. And I'm like, I'm literally looking at the fucking uh, alien inside the damn body like I don't know what this is sometimes people are like oh we just saw the first glimpse of our little baby and I'm like I don't fucking see a thing I'm looking at an abstract painting and I'm like oh my gosh so cute and then I go to like point at something I'm like look at his little face and she's like actually that's his penis and I'm like oh (laughs) well hmm Hmm. congrats to him (laughs) like (laughs) yeah and they're like oh well he looks like he looks just like his father and I'm like Looking at the fucking blurry ass damn black and white image of this fucking uh, whatever is in there, uh, this Jackson no. Pollock looking motherfucker, and I look over. But then, wouldn't it be funny though if you actually look over to the fucking husband and the husband's face just is look, a splatter painting? Is a fucking splatter painting. Amazing. No, people say that shit, and I'm like, people say that about newborns too, and it, in some rare cases it is true. But in most cases, they're like, oh, he looks just like his daddy. And I'm like, no, girl, he looks like a raisin. Okay, (laughs) he was just born like 10 minutes ago, girl. He looks like a raisin. (laughs) Just give him a minute. Let him get it together. Let's get him get a couple days on him. And then we can start talking about who he looks like, because right now he looks like a mess. Like, I mean, it's been a tough day. Uh, Potato, newborn baby. Never seen one in the same room. Together. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Potentially suspicious. Put it on the list. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if, if if Jacobson misread the ultrasound results, that was just an honest mistake. Um, you're a fucking doctor, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're what? In theory, yeah. That's true. Interestingly, in none of the documents is he referred to as like Dr. Jacobson. So like now I'm terrified that he, that he actually, actually wasn't, wasn't a fucking a doctor. doctor. But he, he was because I think they revoked his medical license and shit. Anyway. Uh, I, I would hope so. Regarding the uh, elephant in the room, as you would say, I guess. Uh, as for the donor insemination... Jacobson maintained that he had, in fact, relied on anonymous donors as claimed. And he acknowledged uh, using his own sperm on some occasions. You know, just every now and again. What? You know, you shouldn't be using it on any occasion. He would only... No, look, check it out. It's totally chill. Um, He would only use his own sperm on certain occasions when donors failed to show up as needed. And a patient was about to miss a window of opportunity to become pregnant. So, of course, he would just do a little jerky jerk. Uh-huh. And use his own sperm. Something tells me he had his shit on ice somewhere. Like, Absolutely. That's what he did. I mean, this fucking dude had a fridge, like, full of his fucking splooge. He had splooge everywhere. Uh-huh. He had splooge packed away. He had splooge in his he glove box. He had it labeled? 
on the date that he did it? He did. He said, Um, oh, this is a vintage. (laughs) I mean, no fucking way. Like, I I remember that one. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, No. Like, how do you even use that as an argument or a defense in court? I don't understand. Who laughed at him? Someone better fucking laugh. Well, interestingly... So he said that he only used his sperm every now and again when the donors failed to show up when they were needed. Uh, So they asked him about that fucking situation in which a woman who was supposed to be inseminated with her husband's sperm, her husband who was there with her at the appointment to donate the sperm. They asked him about that and he couldn't account for that incident (laughs) in which his sperm somehow... Was implanted oh, was just in mistake. place of the patient's husband. I just forgot. I swapped the the, the vials. And That's what he went for. Uh, his only defense, he didn't really have a defense, but the one that he grasped for was cross-contamination in the laboratory. <laughs> Sorry, I just grabbed my cup of splooge that I just fuck. Yeah, that I, as a reputable doctor, just fucking have sitting around. <laughs> Sorry, I just grabbed my own cup of splooge. I was saving that. For later. Oh, I'm gonna use this one. That'll yeah, be good. I was I was just having a beverage. I remember what the I, fuck what I used. His labeled and then also his his porn of choice or his uh, whatever you oh, call God. it. On the thought he had going through his mind when he orgasmed. Disgusting, yeah. disgusting. Trash. As though it would be way. acceptable that his fucking sperm is anywhere in his laboratory. Like why? Those poor, why? Yeah. First of all, that. But also those poor women. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. It's disgusting. Like, because Well, let's wrap up the case and then we'll get into the discussion because I have a lot of feelings about it. Y'all know. Um so basically this was a federal case. Uh it went all the way to federal court. And at that time, federal law did not specifically bar doctors from impregnating unwitting patients with their own sperm. Um, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Excuse me. What? That's, it, it's rape. <laughs> Didn't think Pretty I had to write that one down for you. You know, just don't put your sperm inside individuals who don't know that you're putting your sperm inside them. You know? I mean, yeah. Just don't like, do that. No. Just don't put any part of you or any byproduct of you in any other person without their specific consent. Consent. Yeah. I mean, it might not be a bad idea nowadays to get some written consent. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, girl. <laughs> written. Uh, on video. Yes. I'm no. Nowadays, I'm, I'm now only accepting written consent in the form of a haiku because that way i know that you have all of your faculties you're not too drunk you're not too this you are absolutely present there you can count syllables like there it is your faculties (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so because there wasn't specifically a law against that they basically kind of had to backdoor the case Uh, They built their case against Jacobson based on white-collar fraud instead of medical ethics. So the strategy was similar to how they used to try old-timey gangsters. Jack Olander, who is a renowned D.C. malpractice lawyer, um, he actually drew a comparison in a 
Washington Post article from 1992 that I thought was interesting. Um, He said the great gangsters like Al Capone were prosecuted for tax fraud or wire fraud because they couldn't get them on anything else, even though the things that they had done to earn their money were much worse. But, okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, but that was that was just a way. Was that just a way to get them in jail, like because it's the only thing they could do, or was that like a way to just get a lighter sentence? No, that was a way to get them in jail. So basically, what they were worried about with the Jacobson case is that since they're, if you take somebody to court, like on the charge of impregnating these women with his own sperm when they didn't when they didn't know and they didn't consent. If there's not a law that says you can't do this, that gives the defense lawyer a really wide berth to create a defense argument, right? Mm, yeah. Namely, the core of the argument would be, show he me the law that he broke. Didn't do anything technically illegal. Right. Show me the law that he broke. And in that sort of situation, you can't, you can't in a, in a trial prove I mean if basically the metric by which you're looking at guilt or innocence whether a person did something or whether they didn't if if whatever action they took isn't technically literally against the law he really don't have much of an argument so what they did which I think was really smart what the U.S. attorney did they instead pursued him on fraud so that they could make sure that his ass went to jail right that he received some sort of ramifications from this um, which I think was really clever. So the fraud that the government alleged fell into two distinct categories. The first category was um, the description of Jacobson as a con man who injected women with high concentrations of hormones, specifically so that the tests would show that they were pregnant when he knew that they were, in fact, not pregnant. And that way they would keep coming back to his office for treatments and he could sort of build a reputation as a successful fertility doctor and get more patients coming in for office visits. Because, of course, he's making money on all this, right? Yeah. Fertility treatment, if you've, infertility treatment rather, if you have ever um, had to go through that, is not cheap. It is so fucking expensive. So. Yeah. That was kind of the first, um. The first fraud. And then the second fraud is that he intentionally misread sonograms outlining fetuses where none existed, supposedly. Again, so that he could string those patients along and get more money. So based on the U.S. attorney's argument that the activities that Jacobson carried out as part of running his business were fraudulent. And this is where it gets like really smart. And I'm like, I'm like into this whole like these attorneys were really fucking smart. Like here's where I get a crush on the, on the U S attorney, but, um, who was probably old and crusty and gross at that time. Yeah. And, and potentially racist. Who knows? Yeah, possibly. (laughs) I mean, this was back. So, Oh, well it's the nineties. It's 92. Oh, 92. Maybe, maybe still potentially racist. (laughs) 2019. Mm. Mm. Still out here waiting on him. Still waiting. Yeah. So, um, they basically, because they couldn't get him on the real crime, obviously, which we will talk about, uh, the fraud allegations that they brought against him, they said that since his business was fraudulent, 
the activities that he carried out as part of running his business were also fraudulent. So they pursued him on mail fraud because he would mail bills to patients for them to pay. They pursued him on wire fraud because he would have patients like wire him money and pay him money for services that were fraudulent. And they got him on perjury um, that all of those things that were committed during the administration of his business, that fertility clinic. So for example, um, one of one of the big ones was travel fraud. They got him for crossing state lines to get to his practice in Vienna, Virginia. So if you know anything about the area that Kenny and I are in, you've got DC, you've got Virginia, you've got Maryland, and they're all really close together. So there's lots of people who live in DC that work in Virginia or live in Maryland that work in Virginia. And I think it may have been one of those situations where his ass was crossing from like Maryland into Virginia and they fucking got him. They tried him, charged him with travel fraud for doing that because it's illegal to cross state lines to do fraudulent business. So what they did was they essentially, they were able to prove that his whole business or whatever was a fraud, right? And then any interactions that he had around his business, they were able to get him on sort of like individually, like traveling to work or like billing a customer. So they were able to like nail him on all of this because they could prove that different kinds of fraud. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily that they proved that his whole business was fraudulent. Cause remember they didn't touch the whole sperm thing. I mean, it was brought up a lot in the media and that's a strategy of its own, but like in the case, this was a fraud case. So they, they, proved that or they were seeking to prove that he was injecting women with hormones to trick them into thinking they were pregnant so they would come back for treatments and he could build a reputation and he was intentionally misreading their sonograms to mislead them Mm. so because of those two things that they said were happening there right him traveling to work in order to misread a sonogram is travel fraud yeah okay Yep. It was really smart. That's, and that's, then they just stacked the fraud. They stacked mail fraud on top of wire fraud, on top of perjury, on top of travel fraud. And travel fraud actually had the highest fine. Ooh, shit. I can imagine. It was really, really smart. That's um, that's interesting. Um, just fucking keep your ass in Maryland. Maryland. I mean, how about <laughs> just don't just do not do this at all? <laughs> none of this. Please, yeah. none of this. So... On March 5th, 1992, a federal jury in Alexandria, Virginia, also local, convicted Jacobson of 52 counts of mail fraud, wire fraud, and perjury. He was sentenced to five years in prison and had his medical license revoked. He appealed the convictions and the sentence, but they were upheld by the Court of Appeals So Jacobson served his time and now lives in Provo, Utah, where he's involved in agricultural research. What? As of 2019, he is 83 years old. Oh, my God. So he's still alive. In theory. I haven't I haven't found any obituaries. I did search through Utah for obituaries to see if that motherfucker died. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm worried that part of his agricultural research is like figuring out how to impregnate like an ear of corn. I mean, honestly, like, <laughs> are point, we, have we, are, are, are we monitoring like the livestock? I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, 
Are we are we looking like just watch after Bessie? I just like, feel like I they mean, should just let him just just use plants. Like just you can be the gardener, but but only the gardener. Please stay away from like the sheep. Please. Sir. I mean yeah. Shit. So this case had um big implications and we're going to we're going to discuss it in a minute. Um, but the case had big implications, especially um, for the culture. It really drew attention to the fact that there are very few laws governing a doctor's role in the rapidly developing field of fertility medicine. Um, in the early 90s, fertility medicine was just sort of starting to become a thing. I mean, it had been a thing for a couple decades, but but it's nothing close to what it is now, I feel like, because now fertility clinics are super high tech. Um, and I feel like at that point in time, it was kind of like a new, a relatively new field of medicine. And so there wasn't, um, there wasn't a lot of laws governing it. And then second is that, uh, the baby maker, the Dr. Cecil Jacobson story also released as seeds of deception. Oh God. Who wrote that? Uh, that came out of it. Seeds of deception. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Seeds of deception. That might actually be what we call this episode. I ain't worried about the copyright. Come okay. at me. Uh, that was a 1994 American made for television drama film directed by Arlene Sanford. And if, if you can find that, I'm looking for that right now. I want to do a watch party of that fucking movie because it sounds like a doozy I've heard that the information I mean, that is in it is not very accurate but the spirit of the film is something to behold uh, yeah yeah uh-uh. so if we can find it I will totally fucking do a watch party of that um but interestingly Jacobson wasn't the only instance of this I mentioned that my that my grandmother is who suggested this to me she just brought it up in conversation must have been a really weird conversation we were having <laughs> um but she brought it up to me and I was like oh wow like the she was like did you hear about that fertility doctor who was like using his own sperm and I was like this is an urban legend like my grandma talks to me about a bunch of crazy ass shit she reads she doesn't understand how to vet sources so she unfortunately reads a lot of bullshit like she the other day I think I turned my fucking flashlight on on my phone and she was like oh no we're not supposed to turn our flashlights on on our phones because then they can see you. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't mm. think so, Grandma. I don't think so, girl. Yeah. So she told me about the fertility doctor who used his own sperm, and I was like, I don't think that's real. That's got to be an urban legend. And not only Cecil Jacobson's story came up, but two other ongoing cases that are currently in the news involving the same thing shit in august of 2018 donald klein of indianapolis um he had been operating in a fertility clinic from 1979 to 2009 when he retired uh 23andme actually helped crack that one there were 36 confirmed biological children in all and official dna testing later confirmed that he had fathered at least 48 children born between 1979 and 1986 God damn. 1979 and 86. That's not even 10 years. That's seven years. 
48 children. Shit. Fuck. Mm, no. So, I'm going to tell you what. Why the fuck would you even, like, all right, here's the thing. You, do you not understand these fucking people can get your ass on child support? Right. Like, are you really trying to give child support for 48 fucking kids? Like, you obviously did not think this through. Like, so. I know you're a doctor, but it's not a good choice. 48 my daddy didn't even pay my own damn child support for one kid. Me. He didn't even do it. <laughs> Shit. You going to do it for 48 kids? It's a lot. It's a lot. That's what I'd do if I was the damn victim of one of those. I'd get his ass for child support. Mm-hmm. And I'd wrangle every other bitch around. This. There actually might have been the possibility of a case for that. I oh, don't know. Totally. I don't know what the rules would be, but I, th- there might be a case for that shit. I'd get his ass for child support. I'd get... <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the other case um, that was that was Donald Klein that was August of 2018. There's a case as recent as June 2019. Shit. The case of Dr. Norman Barwin. Uh, he worked at Ottawa General Hospital in Canada, and he is currently under investigation for inseminating at least 11 women with his own sperm and giving the wrong sperm, quote unquote to dozens more women beginning in the 1970s through his retirement in 2014. And it was reported that he did this to 50 to 100 women. And that case is also ongoing. What? So this is like a thing that happens, apparently. Apparently. Fuck. I mean, who are these men that are just saving their fucking splooge in like random cups and leaving them around places? I've never seen that in my life. Oh my god, that's insane. That's disgusting. Yeah, that yeah. that that's blech. yeah. It's gross. I think what's what's really awful about this case to me is the violation of privacy and knowing because I have friends who have struggled with fertility issues. And actually one of them today just told me that she um, is now pregnant with her daughter, which is awesome. But uh, like it's never it's never an easy thing to wrestle with. And it can really challenge your. It can really challenge your mental health. It can really challenge your view of yourself, your self-esteem. You feel less capable less in some ways like less of a woman if you can't conceive and I know that there are women who really 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 wrestle with this and to imagine what a vulnerable place because girl I mean I'm very far from trying to conceive girl we are trying to not (laughs) right now (laughs) is the mo for me but to imagine like what a vulnerable place that must be for the women who are going through that and to have seen it in friends of mine, to read about a story where somebody exploited that and took advantage of that to the fucking nth degree, specifically with the goal of boasting his own fucking ego. Like, right, it seems like a, like, uh, that's an ego trip. Oh, totally. I mean, it's just like we talked about... Um, 
you know, I mean, we haven't, we haven't, we actually haven't talked about Jeffrey Epstein a lot on this podcast. We've avoided that, but like, it's that personality of like a fucking megalomaniac that just wants, you know, one of the ideas, and this is a legitimate idea that this is fact, it was written down. Um, Jeffrey Epstein wanted a farm of women. He, like, he wanted a farm of just women whose only, like, life goal is to, or not goal, but whose only purpose was to conceive his child and birth his child into the world. Like, he wanted an army of his children. And that sort of psyche is just so like I just I don't understand one and it's also just so like to take a woman who is at her most vulnerable and really struggling with this hand that she's been dealt and to exploit her to the nth degree for your own selfish sociopathic like narcissistic urge I mean I think it's the ultimate narcissism yeah, and I mean, just think about, like, and what you're taking away from these families. Like, you have literally, like, stolen something from them. I mean, you've, you know what I mean? Like, I understand that, like, because you have to think about some of these kids that, like, have been birthed and, like, like how that must make the families feel, like, in discovering this, that, like, their whole, ascent, you know... Yeah. I mean that everything is uh, is is a lie like from what they've known like their actual father isn't their father it's this other motherfucker you know somewhere out in the middle of fucking whoever knows where that you just decided to fucking act like a fucking megalomaniac and jizz in a goddamn cup and give it to the, their damn mother I yeah. mean it's like those that's that's really sad too a lot of those folks struggle with identity crises because um in the Donald Klein case, and I'm sure that there were some in the Cecil Jacobson case as well, but um, in the Donald Klein case, that was the one that was cracked with the 23andMe, and there were people on there that they were trying to get to take the DNA testing, and they were, they were um, they're not kids, they're grown now, but they said no. They were like, I don't want to know. Like, I can't. I can't deal mm-hmm. with this. I can't. No, I'm just, I'm not going to take this DNA testing. I can't handle yeah. it. Yeah. Which I get, you know. But at the same time, if you don't, you know, if you're not tested, then you're, you know, he, he gets away with it. You know what I mean? Like if nobody got tested, then there would be no case against him. You couldn't prove it. There would right. be no evidence. Right, right. But at the same time, I totally respect that. Like, you know, if you can't deal with it, you can't deal with it. Like, don't do that to yourself. Yeah. Um, cause it's, it's like a, it's a double edged sword, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I think about like, I mean, it's easy to get fixated because it's so fucking awful. It's easy to get fixated on the women who were impregnated with, um, with sperm that they didn't know, you know, that, that came from a different source, I guess we should say. Yeah. A fucking huge ass violation. Like, <laughs> like it's easy to get fixated on that. But then I think about like, then I think about the other women who he just gave hormone injections to, injections to and yeah. read their sonograms wrong. And it's like. Who he essentially just stole money from. Right. Because they came in for 
a hope that right. he was going to be able to do something for them. And it was all just a lie. Yeah. That they came in totally vulnerable and he exploited that and gave them false hope. You know, how excited would they like, I, I just think about for some reason they, I, I started researching the case and the, I was like fascinated by the horror of this whole like insemination thing. And then I came away with it by the time I was done researching it. I just kept like, I just kept thinking about the women who were taking the HCG treatments and they got that first pregnancy test and they got that false positive and how excited they must have been. And then when they did their sonogram and, you know, the doctor, whatever, we talked about how we can't ever fucking see anything on sonograms, but I'm sure, you know, some of those women probably can't either. They're not really easy to see, but like you have a doctor who's legitimate, who's pointing out to you, like, there's your baby and none of it's real. And it's just like, that's so haunting to me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like haunted by that. Cause I, again, I, I know people who are going through this and it's like, I would, who girl, I'd be on an episode of the haunted heart podcast. <laughs> if we found us a doctor like that, yeah, doing that to one it, of my girls. And it really, um, it breaks your trust. It you does. Know? And it, it sort of stains that, that makes it hard to, um, you know, allow yourself to go through that again. Yeah. You know, it does. And that's why I thought it was, um, I thought it would be impactful to start this episode with the Hippocratic oath that every doctor takes when they become a doctor. And one of the main tenets of that oath is do no harm. Yeah. And that's certainly not what we see in this case so Cecil Jacobson if you're alive somewhere with your 83 year old rotten self fucking an ear of corn and calling in agricultural research just gonna send out a hearty fuck you (laughs) Uh, fuck you and I'm very glad that you fucked off to Utah Although I mean, I'm sure the people of Utah, Utah yeah <laughs> Utah's a beautiful place I'm sure the people of Utah are not pleased but but at least you're not in Vienna because if you were I'd be coming for the that oh, ass oh god yeah we would be tussling I wonder if that medical center is still there what GW George or Washington the, University no, no the oh um, his lab yeah I tried so hard because I don't even know um I found some sources where um what did I say it was called the research it was like a really general name reproductive genetics center like I found some sources where that was lowercase like it was not a proper noun it was just a reproductive genetics center of many and then I found some sources where that was capitalized. Like yeah. maybe that was the proper name of it. But I I tried to look into like, and I actually even know people, this is crazy, I know people in this area who work in fertility medicine. And I even like asked them about it and like nothing. Um, so I don't know if that was like the actual name of his place, but I couldn't find anything on his facility. So if that place is still open they have done a really good job of purging any association they had with him, which is probably a good idea. Uh, I would have say, I would say so. 
the social media manager, they definitely have a social media manager. And she was like, uh, we are going to watch this situation till it is sparkling clean. We get a contact in our next, in our Gmail. Um, please cease and desist. Cease and desist. Please rescind your last episode. Thank you. Okay. Wow. You got it. Sure. Yeah. So that's the case of Cecil Jacobson. Wow. That was um that was not a direction I was expecting us to go in this evening. Um so that was an interesting surprise. Uh thank you so much for researching that for us and you bringing know, it to the table. I just got to keep it fresh for you. I just got to keep it little Caesars hot and ready. Hot and ready. Yeah. Wait, little Caesars isn't fresh though. <laughs> Subway. I just got to keep it Subway for you. Subway. Eat fresh. So you can eat fresh. Okay. Well. There you go. That's for you. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, tuning in and letting us into your ear holes uh, with with your consent. With your fucking consent. <laughs> yes. Except for the poor, poor person who is exploring bondage role play with their partner and and they're tied up and listening to this and in that case i just say you know hydrate yourself hydrate yourself send listen hydrate yourself and send us a picture on over to the haunted heart podcast at gmail.com you know just for research purposes yeah strictly strictly research purposes Okay, guys, so that's it for our episode. But if you would like to connect with us online, we are on Instagram at The Haunted Heart Podcast. We're on Twitter at The Haunted Heart. Um, and we are on Patreon, as we mentioned, patreon.com slash The Haunted Heart. Our Facebook group is popping. She been popping. She's full of good spooky memes all year round. Uh, you can find that by searching the Haunted Heart Podcast on Facebook. If you would, give our page a like because we have like f- over 400 people in our Facebook group and we have like 250 likes on Facebook. <laughs> and I'm like, something's wrong. <laughs> something's not. The math's not quite uh, adding, up. adding up here. No, no, it's not. It is definitely not. So uh, give our page a like if you would and join the Facebook group. It's super cool. Uh, there's really an incredible community that has sort of grown up around the podcast and Kenny and I can't take any credit for that. That's totally you guys. Um, but we are very thankful and we will slap our fucking name all over it. So <laughs> can't take you credit. Best believe we will. <laughs> all right, loves. I think that's it. Is that all for the announcements? Um, I think so. It's been a while since I've read the morning announcements. Um, I think no, I it. think so. I think the, the house is back to being tidy again. So I believe we're good to go. Um, Again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sitting there and just being you. We love it. And until next time. Stay spooky. Remember that time that you forgot who Monet Exchange was? I'm literally editing this out.